Good morning, friends, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain. I'm your host, Steph, and this is a show that dives into health and healing, where we discuss how to show up well for the opportunities and responsibilities that life sends our way. Today, we're going to take time to talk about not just our character, but trusting that the character we see in others is an accurate representation of who they are. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you guys are doing well. We have officially, at least many of us here in Michigan, have started school, um, whether it's last week or, or this week. And I will tell you, it is a marathon for me here on out. Um, I can't say a sprint because, uh, I mean, you can't sustain a sprint until late December. But the academic calendar is always so interesting to kind of uh, navigate because there are hard stops and hard starts, and it's usually on someone else's terms. And so I'm a little bit held hostage to it for the next, you know, four months here. Then we'll have a break, and then another five months of the academic calendar. And I know in many of your lives, that's that's accurate as well. Um, when kids go back in the fall, suddenly we have routine and we have structure and we have a lot of demands and expectations. And so it's just, it's fall's always such an interesting season to kind of step into. Um, Every fall looks different for me, and this fall, I have lots of good stuff going on, and I'm excited about that. One of the commitments I've made, though, over the last um, six months is to make sure that I prioritize taking care of self well in a season of high expectations and high demands. And one of the places for me that I continue to spend intentional time is in my own therapist's office, making sure that I parcel through some of my more Uh, interesting quirks. Um, I'm still on my own healing journey. I'm in a pretty big life transition. So there's a lot of pieces to navigate. But one of the pieces that is probably going to be coming up this week is I was pretty not upset with myself last week, but I was very aware of myself using passive aggressiveness in a way that I don't like. Um, Chances are I've used this tool, you know, in many of my primary relationships for a very long time. And as I've worked towards healing over the last, you know, couple months specifically, I've become more aware that I don't like that feature. I don't like that I try to get my needs met through snide comments or through snarky little clapbacks. And um, I, I had that show up again this last week where I had a friend, he was just making a general comment about, oh, this is an activity going on this next weekend. You should, you could go check that out. And then I made some sort of just snarky comment back to him. And honestly, in the moment, I didn't intend for it to be passive aggressive. But the, the, the moment the conversation was over, I was like, oh, staff, that was not cute. And um, he had left the conversation and I I just sent him a text and I said, whoa, I think that was passive aggressive and that wasn't my intention. But for the last you know week, that's been swirling around in my brain as a really big growth area that I need to engage. And it's helpful that I notice that I'm doing it. It's helpful that I want better from myself. But now I need to bring someone in to hold me accountable because I can run unchecked towards, you know, passive aggressive town all day, every day. And and most people in my life might look the other way or turn a blind eye to it. But character development means I have to notice these things. And then if no one's calling me out on them, I need to enlist people to call me out on them. And that's one of the things that it feels like we miss. We miss the opportunity to invite people in to give us gentle feedback, feedback rather, on character development. And I'm such a huge advocate for that because I, I know that so much of my personal growth has come from mentors who step into my life and and over time show me ways to do gentle tweaks 
And because they influence my life, I get to go out and step into the lives of my students in a far more healthy way. I get to model things more healthfully for them because I hear feedback and I make tweaks based on that feedback. One of the things I think we tend to do is we excuse other people's bad behavior or we look the other way and we don't use this as an opportunity to hold one another accountable and to invite people into a higher character of living. Um, I'm not even sure that's the right phrasing, but I'm going to go with it. Higher character of living. That's a thing now. Um, So one of my favorite humans, I was spending time with him last Wednesday and we were just popping around to a couple stores. And um, as we were heading back towards my apartment, he, um, or I I was driving and we got cut off by someone. Someone was making a right-hand turn, turned in front of us. And then because I was already in motion at, at 50 miles an hour, obviously I covered the gap between the two vehicles very quickly. And so this guy brake checked me. He had pulled in front of me and then brake checked me to send a message that I was closing too quickly. And in my head, I was thinking, like, you didn't have to turn in front of me. That would have been a-okay to wait a moment, considering there were no cars behind me. But it was, uh, it wasn't a near miss, but in those types of situations, often we get a chemical response going on in our body. So like the, the stress hormone cortisol immediately dumped in my stomach and I felt immediate chest constriction and I had a physiological response to this particular situation. So we pulled into the apartment complex and this guy happened to pull in there as well. And I went over to guest parking where my, um, my guest had parked and, you know, dropped him off at his vehicle. And he said, he said, I want to go over there. I want to, I want to go punch that guy. I want to go tell him, tell him what's up. And I said, okay, I, I understand that I have a chemical reaction going on. You have a chemical reaction going on, but I'm curious what it would solve to go over there and and give this guy a piece of your mind. And he said, well, it would make me feel better. And, and I don't understand that. I don't understand how beating someone down actually makes you feel better. But in his mind, he had felt a loss of control. And so he wanted to go regain control and he wanted to go put hands on someone. And I just, I said to him very gently, not in any sort of judgmental way. I said, I do want you to consider what does that say about your character? Because I said, we don't know what was going on with this guy. He might not have seen me. He might not have anticipated that I was going that quickly. He might honestly be stoned out of his brain. I have no concept of what's going on in his world. But the first thing you want to do is go punish him For what if it was just a casual mistake? What if it was just an oversight? And he's like, well, he cut us off and then he brake checked us. And I said, I know, I I felt the same physical response too. I just don't get how going over and putting hands on him or yelling at him is going to make any one of us better in this situation. And I, I could have just let it go. I could have, you know, giggled or laughed or said, yeah, we should go give him a piece of our mind. But I was with someone that I really, truly love and I was hearing something concerning. So I said to him, Hey, I get what's going on in in your your body right now. I get that 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 was an uncomfortable situation. I don't get how popping off is going to make the situation better. I don't get how violence would make the situation better. And I said, I really want you to think about when we have these opportunities to engage with people. Is that what you want to be true about you, that you want to go beat down someone because they may have made a mistake? And I I could have let it go, but I also could live in in a world where I help to hold people accountable for their actions the same way others hold me accountable for my actions. And that's what I choose. I choose to say to someone I love, like, hey, I think you might actually be incorrect here. I think it's important that you understand that going and putting hands on someone is not the solution here. And I think it's important that, that you conduct yourself more appropriately And not an ounce of that was judgment. Not an ounce of that was 
um, me like coming from a posture of like reprimand or I'm better than it was coming from a place of seeing someone want to go act out violently for a small indiscretion. And I love this person enough to say like, Whoa, I don't think that's appropriate. I think we can do better. Now there's, there's a third narrative here that I want to pull out. And that's how often we do make excuses for someone else's poor behavior and we let it run unchecked. And I think for, for me, at least that feels like somewhat of a travesty. If we've been entrusted to walk with someone and we've been entrusted to be a voice of reason in their life, I think that also calls us into a space of holding them accountable to do better and be better when we see behaviors that are not okay. So for example, if we're sitting at a table and, and someone is gossiping, we've got to be very cognizant of the fact that us sitting there, sitting in the gossip is tacit approval that it's okay to conduct this type of interaction. And if we're against gossip or if, or if we don't want to be surrounded by that, we have several choices there, none of which are remaining silent and letting it go unchecked if we expect to be surrounded by people who iron sharpens iron, people who grow from each other, people who hold each other accountable. Just as a side note, one of my favorite um, adages from way long ago that I've, I've used to guide a lot of my friendships is those who gossip to you will gossip of you. So while you're sitting at your table together, you know, talking smack about other people, understand that those same people are probably at other tables where you're the topic of conversation and, and they're having loose lips there as well. And, and that's just an uncomfortable reality. If we normalize cultures like gossiping and we don't push back against that and we don't invite people to act more, um, more appropriately, more loving, more gracious towards their neighbor, understand we'll be on the receiving end of that too. Now, one of the, um, one of the things that really came up for me this last week is I was talking to a gal and she is, at least from my point of view, she's inaccurately making assumptions about the character of someone with whom she's engaging. So she is actively going through the divorce process. And in this process, her husband or her soon-to-be ex-husband or whatever, whatever that is for her at this moment, um, he has been very, very aggressive and angry and from her, her reporting somewhat petulant. And, um, I, I asked her, I said, I, I need you to be candid with me. Is this brand new behavior or have you seen this behavior before? And she said, no, I, I haven't really ever seen this side of him. And I said, you know, it's hard for me to to wrap my brain around the fact that this is all brand new behavior. And she said, oh, well, it's brand new behavior towards me. She said, I did see him respond this way towards his ex-wife when they first went through the, the divorce process. So I guess that's always been a part of him, but it's I haven't seen it over the last however many years we've been together and it's never been directed towards me. And so we had to sit in that and I had to be able to say to her, what you're reporting here while distressing is not shocking. We've seen this behavior before. I get that it's uncomfortable because now it's directed at you, but he is not operating outside of his character. He has poor character development. He leads with anger. He leads with intensity. He goes for, um, goes for the jugular. Those are things that are not brand new. And while I get they're focused on you now and that's, that feels new, it's not outside of his character. There's another adage more recently that I had seen that I really liked. It said something to the effect of, you don't get mad at a bee when it stings you. It's in the nature of the bee. And so I'm saying to her, the surprise isn't really warranted here because this is his character. 
He's using it differently now, but he's a bee who's stinging, and that's what a bee does. And maybe over the last couple of years, you've looked the other way at these behaviors, or you've explained them away, or, or you've used context to give some sort of credibility to the behavior. But the point is you've been surrounded by someone who has very poor character, and now you're on the receiving end of that. And it's not outside of his normal to behave this way. And so we can't be surprised when it's directed at us. And we can be sad, but we can't be surprised. So my caution here is we have to be radically honest about the people with whom we're surrounded. If they are tempestuous, if they are vitriolic, if they are explosive, do not explain that away. Those are character flaws and you should be inviting them into doing better. We should be drawing boundaries around what we will allow into our life and we should be actively working on surrounding ourselves with people who also will point their finger at us and say, hey, Steph, you too can do better. Um, a few years ago, so I, I have a friend and he's a great mentor to me. Um, back, I think 2018, 2019, he probably engaged on my Facebook posts more than he does now. And a lot of it was like gentle pushback. Um, and I actually had three or four different people privately inbox me and they're like, Steph, what is this guy's problem with you? He's constantly coming at you and he's, he's just, he's being picky. He's being picky about word choice. He's, he's arguing about things that aren't problems. And while they decided that that was an issue for me, it was someone who was actually being a loving friend coming along, coming alongside of me and saying in a, in a very, um, subtle way, Steph, every time. I guess not so subtle way, but he was saying, Steph, every time you open your mouth, you're responsible for what comes out. Every time you make a post, you're responsible for what you're putting out there. And as much as I could dismiss his critique or just think, oh, he's being picky about word choice or, oh, he's just being, you know, particular, or maybe he's got an ax to grind. The way I actually look at that is that's someone who loves me well enough to say very gently, very consistently over time, Steph, your character matters and you're going to have a sphere of influence. And within that sphere of influence, you need to operate at a intentional posture of watching what comes out of your mouth and watching how you interact with people. And for me, that that's such a, just a loving gesture to hold me accountable to be the best version of myself. And I think culturally, we tend to miss that. We tend to miss the invitation to do better. We tend to surround ourselves with people who just turn a blind eye towards our character flaws. And it just, I, I don't see how we evolve into um, safe places for people, how we evolve into, and when I say safe, I don't mean the absence of pain. I say um, safe as people with whom we can process through things together well and, and grow. And I'm going to go back to the idea of iron sharpening iron. I very much covet those types of relationships where you are allowed to be gently corrected and gently invited into a space of doing better. And I do feel overall, we could do a much better job of, of holding ourselves accountable, working through our own quirks, and using our voice to hold other people accountable. But I, I will say the caveat is hold yourself accountable first, right? When you know better, do better, and then gently invite other people into better as well. That's where we're going to end it for today. I am going to circle back in the next couple of weeks and talk about trauma and triggers and how um, there are going to be 
moments, especially in the life of someone who's experienced trauma, where you might not actually have control of your reactions because you might be in more of a triggered state. But we'll spend some time kind of parceling through that and what healing looks like in that particular uh, dynamic as well. For those of you that have listened, thank you so much for tuning in. Any time you spend with me is much appreciated. You're always welcome to email me at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. If you give a like or a follow or a share on Facebook, those are always appreciated. And I hope you guys have a good week.